Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. My guest today is back by popular demand. Well, <laughs> it was a low bar that you set yourself. You said you wanted 12, 10 DMs. 10 DMs saying Wait, that. I've got come 10 back. the first 10 minutes. <laughs> so, they were from you, though. Yes, you've guessed it. Kenny is back on the Midpoint. Um, we did say you were going to come back quite regularly, but you've been quite busy. Um, today, though, um, I have an overarching subject I want us to focus on, which keeps coming up on Midpoint. on the DMs, on the Facebook account, on lots of different episodes that comes up as question, and that is basically summed up as empty nest, that time when you're oh, looking God. at your kids leaving the nest and how you deal with that. So we want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But we've also put out uh, to our lovely Midpoint community uh, the option to send you questions as well today, Kenny. So I have... And you uh, haven't run them past me? No, because I think that would involve way too much thinking. <laughs> and uh, and that's dangerous. That dangerous. So, so um, I've I've put them together in different groups. We've got family, midlife, rugby, and dyslexia. That's what they're um, grouped together as. But first of all, how are you? You're right. Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, I'm good. I haven't seen you for a while. Uh, I have actually seen you quite a bit lately. Yeah, I've seen you quite a bit. Yeah, I'm good actually. Um, nice to be back up even here you in the dungeon. Back up to the podcast room today, smelling of fish, which is just rude. Um, you decided to well, eat. Well, if you'd made me a nice lunch. Did you eat a tin of tuna before you I came in tuna, here? Yeah. That, no, the, Mac, the That's quite an obnoxious thing to do before it? you're about to sit in a small space <laughs> and somebody, just so you know. I had some um, rice biscuits to soak it up. Nice, lovely. Um, anybody who uh, knows Kenny knows that he is a little bit, um, a little bit gluten free, aren't you? No, I'm gluten free. Just I know, but you're not. It's not you're not a celiac, but you you just don't. My mom's a celiac. I know. A celiac. I'm talking about you. She's not on the midpoint. She's 91. Get her on the midpoint. <laughs> you be a laugh. you are uh, quite a fussy eater. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Not in a way like a, like a fussy child eater. Well, loads of you food. love food. I love food, but it doesn't, but doesn't always the, love if you. I come off the gluten free diet. We all know, know about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, really that. nice. So, uh, so that's why he'd be having a tuna on rice cakes for lunch, ladies and gentlemen. I actually quite like tuna on rice cakes. No, wasn't it? It was sardines. Oh, even worse! You had a tin of sardines, <laughs> sardines. before you came up here. Yeah, flavored, Man alive! I'd sardines. say we eat more sardines at the moment than we've ever eaten in Good our lives. Good for the lives. brain, Simon Gabby. Yeah, I love that. My mum used to say to me, "Eat sardines before you go to school." So here we are, right? We've got two children, twins, Reuben and Lois, who, in as Lois tells me every day, because she's got it on her whiteboard. Uh, she's Can't got, wait to leave. She's got no. She's got three <laughs> weeks to the first exam, first A level. Uh, three or four weeks. She's got quite an early one, beginning of May, and hers go right through to the uh, middle of June. By the end of June, they will both be finished formal kind of um, mandatory education, if you like. They can leave school. What a great day to finish school. I like to finish. I love finishing school. Best you, day You hated life. school. I know. I walked out of school. You walked out of your exams. Exam. Because after I'd written my name, that was all I could do. So I thought, what's the point? Because anybody who doesn't know, Kenny was very, very dyslexic, but undiagnosed. So you were only 16 years old. And you tell the story about that exam, going into that exam. So home. I went into as an English exam. And I think it was which anyway. was cruel, which is very cruel. And I went in because you only down. speak Scottish, don't yeah, you? No. you don't so speak I was English. like, "What are you doing with this English thing?" <laughs> um, and I went into the exam and I wrote my name down and I looked at the paper and thinking, 
I haven't a clue what's going on in front of me. And then um, I waited 10 minutes. I thought that's enough. So I got up and started walking out. And the examiner said to me, um, are you needing the toilet? I said, no, I'm leaving. I said, I've done 10 minutes. I've written my name down. I've ticked the box. I'm off. And I kicked the fire extinguisher, the fire extinguisher, the fire exit doors and just walked out and never looked back. You kicked the doors like you're in some kind of western. Yeah, as I felt like I was in the Jane, uh, John Wayne, sort of going through the, the swinging doors. doors. Yeah. And then she gave me a bit of a, a row for kicking the doors. And I just left, never came back. That was it. Day's gone, finished. And left it at school. So all the other exams you were supposed to sit, you just didn't bother? Um, I didn't go back in. Right, so listen, kids, this is not advice. No, this is not good you. advice. This is not good. I mean, obviously, our kids have already done GCSE, so... They um, don't know the story. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so you didn't like school, and because you... No, I did, I did like school. I, I love school. I remember I liked school every day thinking I was going to do it, but um, school just didn't... Like education you. didn't like me. And because I've been dyslexic, and when I was growing up, it was nothing to do about, oh, this guy's dyslexic, let's get my computer. I mean, we never heard of computers in my day. Or phones, obviously. So I was just thick and stupid. That was my. That was what's wrong with me. Thick and stupid. Stop playing with the microphone. Um. So, so you didn't like school. Ruben and Lois have enjoyed school. Like sport, school. We know that. We've worked that one out. They liked school a lot, and so they're about to leave school. And um, Ruben uh, is signed to be a professional rugby player, so he'll be leaving home in a couple of months' time and going <sighs> off to um, <sighs> his new home near his training ground, about an hour and a half away. Northampton Saints. Yeah, I don't know why I was beating about the bush there. Yeah, he's signed for Northampton Saints. That's about an hour and a half from where we live. Okay, if you touch the microphone again, I'm actually going to eliminate you off the midpoint. Stop touching the microphone. Oh my god, that is. Can I go now? Right, Stop it. touching the microphone. That's it. It's fine. Keep swinging away from me. No, it doesn't. It hasn't moved. Keep this in. It hasn't actually. Keep no, this in. This is domestic live and midpoint. So, in a couple of months' time, Reuben and Lois uh, will finish their exams and Reuben's leaving home. Lois is kindly allowing us to have another year of having a, a child at home because she's having a gap year and she's staying at home for a lot of it because of what she wants to do. So, we're going to have half an empty nest, but it certainly is the time of How life. are you going to cope with it? Never mind me. How are you going to cope? Well, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to cope. Okay. And, and I actually have... So James Haskell was on this podcast and had some brilliant, I think, takeaway advice about mental health and looking after mental health and not just saying or that you're going to talk to somebody. It's doing things. It's regular practice of things. So it's if it is exercise, if it is cold water therapy, whatever it is, it's about getting those um, mechanics in place so that you have a structure Clicking in your life. Clicking out of it is the thing, isn't it? So what I was going to say about with regard to Empty Nest is I am preparing myself. I genuinely... Um, I'm really building up to this because... I've seen it go wrong for people and I can see when people haven't got ready you for it. You mean you and I? When you mean emptiness, they go away and we look at each other and go... Yeah, well, yeah. I look at you and go, oh God, I've got to spend the rest of my <laughs> life with you. <laughs> Do it every morning. <laughs> oh, but also, I've got to spend the rest of the life, my life with me. You know, yeah. right? Because when you That's have even more worrying. when you have kids, you are obviously dividing yourself massively in your life. You're juggling all different things, and you're nurturing these things that you you know you absolutely love more than anything in the world. And and if you do it successfully, in the sense that you do it, and they and they want to leave home because actually you want your kids to want to go and fly yeah, and do, do different yeah. things, then you are going to face a time when that's not your prime role anymore. Well, it was like it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I drove in the the driveway, and I saw Lois's car with the L plates off. And Ruben had just signed a contract for Northampton. I'm thinking, oh my God, this is coming far too fast. One's passed a test, one's leaving. I'm thinking, oh my God. And I, and I think the important thing for you and I, and we've always talked about it before now, was it's so important to look after your kids and make sure they have a good, everything's right for them, but you've also got to look after the relationship. 
You know, I've been good at that, I think, with you. I think we're both. With me, been, what about yeah. your other wife? Oh, she's she's too much. She's a headache. I'm telling you, can't wait to get rid of her. Um, but what I'm saying is, we've talked about it over the last couple of years about you know making sure we've got interests together and doing things together. And we're actually quite excited a little bit, but doing things together, we're playing golf, and we like going to theatre. You love going to theatre. I'm getting into it. But you've also you've got to change too as as, as you grow older. You can't just be stuck in. Oh, that's what I've always done. That the kids have been. Here. You've got to be. You've got to be changed. But that new part excites your life. me. Having that time, so am I, and that freedom to. First of all, when it gets to September in in the autumn, and we don't have to be governed anymore by school dates, that is very exciting. Well, that happened the other week. You you went to um, Scotland, Ireland, on the Saturday. I went on the Sunday. Came home on the Monday. You came back on the Sunday because we we both. Oh, got the kids got the kids. Got the kids. Yeah, we're conditioned to think we've got to be there for the actually, kids. Actually, I should have come up with you and spent the whole weekend. Maybe that was a ploy. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that flexibility. So flexibility is lovely. And the idea that you can just do things um, and you don't have to... You've got to reinvent yourself a little bit. I think you've I got think to right. reinvent yourself. And if you love your wife, you've got to be prepared to do cha make a change and do things together and do things that maybe you don't like, but your wife does like. And you've got to learn to sort of... There's a two-way traffic. You, I think by that time in the in the marriage, I maybe I disagree with you a bit there. Yeah, okay. I don't think you have to do things you don't like. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe but like, I think sure. you have to have the confidence to let you know the person, the other person, pursue like things that they want to do, even yeah. if you don't want to do them. You don't have to do every single thing no, okay, together. That's fair enough. But it'd be nice. <laughs> but it's all right to it's all right to make a mistake, Kenny. Um, that's good coming. Is that right? <laughs> What's that? You don't make many, do you? Yeah, I make loads of mistakes. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's all right to be able to do things separately and to say you know, I had this daydream the other day thinking wouldn't it be great to take a year off in a few years time and maybe do like three months doing some volunteer work somewhere around the world and then go off and do some travel almost like a, you know a midlife gap year that you have together. That's got a good idea. I'd do that. Yeah, but you're you've suddenly got really enthusiastic about your career in your fifties. Mm, definitely got more excited about it. I think it's because you don't have to think about. Got to get back for the kids. Give us away this weekend because you, you know, you are away a lot, right? And I'm away a lot, so you don't have to think about it. But at the same time, I'm more saying to you, I'm going away this weekend. I can't. What are you doing? You know. So we, well, there's a left, definitely. Well, I'll come with you. Like you did a, on my birthday, you took me to a nice event in Scotland, which was lovely. But I'd never done that before. Really? I just, well, because we can't. left the kids at home that yeah. night, didn't we? So we had um, a party. We went out. <laughs> they didn't have a party. Um, Reuben would have done if Lois wasn't oh, there. Definitely. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so this whole empty nest thing is definitely something that is resonating with the midlife community and people thinking about it and how to deal with it and what you do. And, and you know, you see a lot of divorces happen at this time in life as well yeah. because people do decide that they don't. And that, you know what? I was talking to me about divorce the other day. It's okay. Was it your lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, who are you using? <laughs> and he said, um, it was actually, wasn't it? It was a woman who said, oh, it's a shame when people, you know, I said, you know, if you've been married 25 years, you've given it a good go. Yeah. I think there's too much shame around divorce. And actually. This is live on the middle. Jenny's <laughs> getting slowly told. <laughs> no, uh, this is not about us. But I do think there's a lot of shame that doesn't, isn't unnecessary. But if you're not happy and your kids are happy, see, you, you know, I know some, I know a lot of, people who are my mates have got divorced right mm -hmm. the kids are all happy they're not happy they want to go and meet somebody else and enjoy their life they're only 50 they've got another 40 years so why 
That's what I'm saying. Why waste your time? It's not a show. As long as you, you know, you you obviously don't want to hurt other people and you want your children to be happy, as you say. And, and it is a very, you know, very emotional time, but it doesn't have to be shrouded in shame as well, I think. And this idea that you failed, you know, oh my God, you yeah. failed at this. Um, the marriage failed. I think the hard failed. thing is, if you get divorced and you're both amicable and then you, you're actually away from each other, one of you must feel that, oh, she was still with her. Well, I think there's always there's so always one hard. person in any relationship, whether you're 15 years old and you split up or whether you're 55, it's never completely equal, is it? No. It's never, there's never. And it, maybe that's the same throughout a relationship as well in terms of needing and wanting. And, you know, it's very, it's like that, isn't it? It's not always one person has a bit more strength in the relationship at various See, times. Yeah, I'm a lot stronger now, aren't I? <laughs> you sort of like topping up the table. You're sort of slowly slipping down. So you think you're the, you're the strong one. I'm the daddy at the moment. Um, should we move on to some questions and maybe um, come easy. back to... Um, I can't believe you've not given me a glimpse of these. It's good to have your gut reaction to things. So, right, first one. Okay. Um, Who's had, your lawyer? <laughs> we had a lot of different questions and, and these were just a snapshot of them. Um, the Treble says, what's the best way to get a man to empathise with his wife and teenage daughters? Now, you have always been somebody, I think, who empathises with women's issues. And um, you've, that's never been something that I've ever felt no. is, is a problem to you. So how and why does that happen? Because you came from three boys in the family, mm -hmm. very male environment as well, because you had loads of cousins, all worked on the farm. It wasn't as if you grew up with loads of sisters. So where did your empathy and how, you know, because you've had such a great relationship with Lois. You were there the day of her first period. Well, I, I wasn't actually there, but I was. Well, no, you were in the house, and I was doing yeah. match of the day. And she, she won't just... mind this story, by the way. She's... No, she's fine. Um... It, it, and do you know what? It was quite. It, I know that sounds weird, but it was. It was lovely the fact she could come and speak to me about it, and she was really upset. And I said to her, "Have you spoken to mum?" And she was, well, "I can't go home, my mum." So, well, you, oh my mom... god, that makes me sound so bad. She was, she, <laughs> she was engaged for about I was... three days. I was on a you train. Were on a, you were... No, I think you were on I, was on, no, I was on a train going to Manchester for match of the day, and eventually the phone rang, and she did tell me. So anyway. that's been amazing. Yeah, she did. Say um, that. But anyway, it, it was. I think well, you adore your kids, right? And you know the kids, your children have got different things happen to them at different stages of life. And I think you just got to be there. You just got to be be there and don't don't be judged. Don't judge. So that applies. So the question is regarding women and so wives and daughters. So, but I think with it, I mean, we we talk very open with each other, don't we? So we're open about how we each other feel, and I think that's been really good for me. I, I listen to what women. Like I listen to your podcast, so you can learn a lot from everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think we are very open. And I think you've got to be open with your kids. You make mistakes. They should see you make mistakes. She see you talking about things that you struggle with, so then they're comfortable to speak to you. And I presume that's the same with your partner. If you're open with your partner, I'm struggling with this, rather than holding it and not telling your partner how you feel, then that's a barrier with each other because then you're not open. So I think, I mean, obviously the little things you don't tell people, but that's, they're tiny. They don't even, you'd see what you're telling that for. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think being open and, and having, letting your kids feel that they can speak to you. And if they see you being open, they feel it's normal mm -hmm. rather than what well, my dad holds in a better holding. And that's like, you know, for me, and maybe I'm more open now because of when I was at school, I had dyslexia, I never told anyone about it, didn't tell anyone until I was 30. Maybe that was the bit that. So the best way to empathise is, is openness and the conversations. I would say so. And what having you? A no, what do you this, think? Well, I think this is very much a question to a man because it's the best way to get a man to empathise. So it's right. pretty much for you. Um, at Fitness Monk wants to know, what are your kids teaching you about life? And P.S. I hope Kenny's health is tip top. Well, Kenny's health is tip top. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Um, what are the kids teaching you? I think 
Uh, now you're going to go, oh, you're not very patient. I No, you're not. But I feel like every day children make you, from being very little, try, make you feel um, that your your patience is never enough. So that you're trying to have more patience. And I look back and regret when they were little. Why was I trying to rush them to get their shoes on? Why was I trying to rush them out the door in the morning? Because you were I know, exactly. But that never, ever works with kids because they're just going to do things at their own pace. And that then continues through their lives. When you look at, we've got twins, a great human experiment, as I call it, the girl boy twins thing, you know. One's massive. Well, they, 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 no, but they do things at their own pace. Yeah. And you're trying to rush them will never and get you anywhere. And you, obviously you've got to put some influence on your children, but they're the, the it's them, it's that, that's what they are. Ruben's what he is and Lois is what she is. You know, we can put some shape into, but they're the ones that are going to create what they are. And so impatience is never going to get you no. anywhere. And sometimes you are not very patient. Uh, in a practical sense, I think what's brilliant, because we live in such a kind of fast changing world, technology and, you know, all sorts of things that are coming at us all the time on social media. Kids teach you a lot about that. Just calm down, Dad. Just take it easy. Just relax. That's what he said. You know, I think Ruben said to me once, I don't know if I can say this. He said, Dad, you and I are the same. I know when I'm a dick. You don't. <laughs> I was in the car and I just thought, it's oh, actually quite a good point. I looked at him and started laughing. Right? But it was really quite good. It's good, isn't it? It is. Not, you've never heard that before. I know. That was a little thing I wasn't going to tell you. <laughs> but I've learned it out of the mind. Um, the kids, I think kids teach you um, gratitude. They teach you um, about yourself because you really look at yourself a lot more when you um, are looking at their what culture. you consider what, what, what you mean political correctness things yeah, like that modern correctness, culture definitely modern what modern acceptability of yeah. kind of what's what can't you can say, say that dad and I've, I've said I don't think I've said anything <laughs> I haven't spoken yet you just breathe just breathe can't, can't breathe dad That's, you just look it's wrong your, it's wrong to breathe look on your face yeah <laughs> but I like those conversations because it's stimulating I think to have those conversations with them about what they think about you know modern issues and how you know I look back to the best chats we have is, I mean, I would say, I'm not, I would say 99% of the time or 100% of the time, we sit down at the table, we have no TV on, we have no tablets, no phones, and we have a food, certainly at night, even if you're away, we'll all sit down. Very rarely, we will go, oh, I'm going to take my food up and, you know, in his playroom, on his playroom, his TV is, and I'll sit down. But that's because they've all, a bit older and we're just but certainly from a young age we sat down every night and we chatted to them we stimulated them they, they stimulated us we stimulated them and I remember one time we were, we were on holiday it was a new year we were skiing we went on a ski trip somewhere and oh, all night. the tables had t iPads with, with earphones for the kids and the mums and dads were on the phone and we were all laughing at them because we had no phones and they kept looking at us because we started doing they were, comedy they stories. They were about nine at the time, weren't they? Yeah. And so I, I Jeff definitely believe you've got to have a time in the day that you focus on your children. There's no distractions. And I think that's really important. I know there's a lot of research on that sort of stuff. But that is one thing I look back and go, right, we did that almost 100%. We right. always sat down with them. And no TV has said, less big Scotland match on. <laughs> or Newcastle or whatever. Uh, at Planet Ferguson says, has he read your book, Gabby? And if so, was there anything that surprised him? I can't read. He's listened to I it. I can't. I've listened to it. I can read, but I'm just taking me ages. I have to say, the fact you listen to it, you have to hear my voice all the time, and then you actually listen to my book. I mean, hats off. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I read my own book, by yeah, the way. She, and I, actually, I think the book's quite good. The Not the book, but the audio, because you do your accents yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I threw so. a little bit of extra So I quite that. like that. Um, 
I knew a lot about Gabby. I didn't realise she had two boyfriends at the same time. That was a, that was a bit of a shock. It was a shock to the kids, actually. Gabby's got two boyfriends at the same time. Um, I did. But I did tell you had them. two boyfriends at the same time. It's called two-timing. Um, and... I'm, I'm living in such I a, a, moral, a moral church of virtue. No, Everybody uh, in this house is perfect. No, definitely not. But the point is, if you look at... Um, obviously, I've, I knew about Daniel. And when I first... The first chapter is about Daniel. I was crying my eyes out, even though I know about it. But I felt what you felt, because I lost my cousin when I was young and my dad. So I understood what the brief... The, the grief. The grief was like. But even though we've talked about it, but to hear you speak about it and really openly was really quite, it was really, I found it really, emo it was very, very emotional. But obviously other parts of your, your job, there's loads of snippets I've knew about, but there's nothing that really shocked me. But I did enjoy it because I've, I've not I've got myself into now, haven't I? 25 <laughs> years in. Do you wish you'd read it back in 1999? Wish you'd me that brief. <laughs> um, okay, this is uh, the midlife section. This is from Rona Angus. Um, She's for East Kilbride. Is she? Um, Rona, I'm sorry if you're not from East Kilbride, but I definitely think you might have Scottish roots, Rona definitely. Angus. Um, does Kenny feel like he is at the midpoint in his life? Um, funny, I, was, I think I was talking to you the other week about this. I'm not sure if I was talking to you, but um, maybe somebody else. But because the kids are growing up really fast, you sort of like, there's a part of your brain not thinking about, got to go home tonight, got to do this, got to get into, you know, there's, so there's, there's more room for mm -hmm. other stuff. So I'm excited about the next 10 years of my life. Do you feel like you're in Yeah, no, I definitely feel... Well, let me ask you this question. And that's with prostate... Just getting back to well, prostate well, cancer. Well, me, that's the midpoint. Well, I was going to bring this in if it's all right, because Nick Penny, I think that's your friend. He's a good friend of mine, Nick Yeah, Penny. says, has Kenny's recent experience with prostate cancer changed his outlook on life? So those questions kind of come yeah. together in a way, don't they? So uh, Nick used to play rugby with me. Uh, he was a good rugby player, sevens player. Um, I think when you get to 50... You you definitely so you look at a lot of things that so my, when I got diagnosed I started looking at um, what we're doing for the future pensions what, pensions look make, are we have we have we got a will sorted out so I started thinking a bit differently practical stuff practical stuff but I definitely feel energized by hitting fifty uh, because the fifty is the new. 14. And, but you, even saying that is ridiculous. I feel more energised now than I was at 40. Because at 40, oh my God, I'm 40. Now I think I'm 50, I feel good. Um, obviously, some you know, last year wasn't great, but I've got through it and I'm working hard on it. Um, and I feel positive. I'm looking forward. I'm enjoying work. Um, I'm, in, I'm in enjoying seeing my kids grow and go and uh, create their own path. Like Ruben's path is... You know, I've been there. It's so exciting. And there'll be great days. There'll be rubbish days. There'll be days that you think, oh, not good enough. But it's amazing experience she's on. Lois is academically really good. She, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what she's going to do. So I'm, I'm excited by them. But maybe three years ago, you weren't thinking like that because they were still with you. And now they're moving away. And you think, Lois just gets, last night she came in from a friend's house. She drove in. I said, how was that? It's amazing. We all left the party. It was five of us all had cars. So it's just like all these little things. And, you know, I think what I love about is maybe it's because you and I have done this, but the kids tell you things. They're honest. If something's not right, they'll tell you. I like that. Um, the question I'm was, does Kenny feel like he's in the midpoint of his yeah, life? Yeah, I think I am, yeah. Okay. I do feel like, yeah. I See, feel we started good. off this whole conversation talking about Empty Nest and you brought that back to the kids again. Honestly, I think we need to revisit no, this in about. I'm celebrating. No, I know, but I think we need to revisit this in about a year's time. Oh yeah, I'll and be there. <laughs> 
because I don't... 110 kgs of Mars bars. <laughs> Um, well, the Mars bars make you, there's a lot of the chocolates out there that can do the same thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, at Skittle, this doesn't refer to midlife, but I quite like it. At Skittle10893 says, what are your worst pet peeves for one another? Um, a pet peeve of mine, Fitback Kenny, is that um, he doesn't think ahead when it comes to tipping. I'm really organised about that. that so I went tight. In, no, you're not tight. Because you would say to me, have you got a tenner? Have you got a fiver? Whereas... Yeah, but I give them But you long, never I'm, have cash. And I I actually get fivers ready to tip people. I actually get them kind of prepared in oh. advance. But um, but you but don't... Gabby, Gabby, you're also the same person that looks at the weather five days in advance. Going, it's going to rain next And? Tuesday. What's wrong or, with that? Or, do you know that it's, going to, it's probably yeah. going to have a traffic jam? It, you're also and? massive into... Like, that's the sign of old age. Weather... First thing, weather. Looking at weather is a sign of old age. And then we start looking at traffic. No, looking at weather is a sign of wearing the right clothes. No, sign of old age. No, disagree. Right? And, and looking at traffic jams. And looking ahead to where you're going and making sure it's the quickest route no, is also being organised. No, disagree. Um, I'm trying to think. I've actually... Pet peeve of mine. Well, I don't know. Um, where did I start? Oh, God, yeah. When you try clothes on. So she tries clothes on and she'll go, what do you think of this? And she'll immediately put her hand up like a microphone to her mouth. And she's like dancing around as if she's on TV. So like every time, she even anything she puts on, what do you think of this? And I'm like, why have you put a microphone next to him? Well, I might wear it for TV. You're not going to wear that for TV, but I might. So that, that you always do it. It's like a natural thing. Hand <laughs> straight up like this, with a BBC microphone on. I'm like, what are you doing? Because I, I, when I shop, right, a lot of what I Can't buy, go on TV a lot brown. of what I buy, I start off thinking this is for telly first, then it'll move into my normal wardrobe later at some point when it's been worn on telly a lot. So everything I think would this work on telly? So I have to kind of make sure that my arm can bend. No, I, I've got another pet peeve. <laughs> oh, it's okay. when you reverse the car and you might accidentally hit something, and you say the camera's not working <laughs> and the bleepers don't work, but the bleepers are going a wall at this stage. Okay, that's not a pet peeve. That's that, that's something much more deep rooted. And there's another. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Right, um, Monroe Properties, I think we know who that is, asks, do you ever have days when you feel down? And if so, how do you handle them? Um, if I'm not feeling great, I will get out, walk around the garden, go for a walk, take the dogs for a walk, go and do something. Go and even, I even, the other day I started going through some darts. Just, just to, yeah. Had a pint of lager and had some darts. You didn't have a pint of no, lager? No, I didn't have a pint of lager. We got, by the way, we've got a dartboard at home. Yeah, I walked around the dartboard and thought, I'm going to hit some darts. And then I walked back to my office. But fresh air movement is definitely the best thing. Yeah. And actually not put anything in your ears. Just go and listen to nature. Listen to the birds and listen to what's around you and just think how lucky you are. 
I think that is uh, going for a walk is absolutely number one on the list. Um, Darts do, are not a bad doing thing. Some, doing some exercise, doing some exercise, um, maybe having a cold shower or going for a cold swim if you can, or something that involves just getting your kind of um, your body really um, energized like that. And I think gratitude. You said being, you know, being grateful. I think gratitude is something that when you think about what you have, and not you know what, what you don't. People have. say this: I'm too busy to walk. No, you're not. You're never too busy to walk. It's five minutes. It's ten minutes. And that 10 minutes will release the rest of the day. Because what's happening is you're, you're boiling up to stress. And you're going, I've got too much on. You haven't actually got too much on. Your brain's got too much on. Go and have a walk. And you'll come back and go, I can do that tomorrow. Because what That'll you take five minutes. What you think might take eight hours, actually, be the walk, probably take four hours because you, yeah. you, you, you feel so much better and your brain's working so much Fresh better. Fresh air is important. Yeah. So that's what we do when we have a little bit of down days. But also, I think it's good to acknowledge your moods because... We live in this society that seems to want to tell us that, you know, we have to kind of have optimum mood all the time. And actually, I, I saw something the other day on social media about um, this This guy was somebody famous saying that he'd seen a psychologist and said about feeling down. The psychologist said, um, he said, my highs are too high and my lows are too low. And the psychologist said, you know, um, if you had a heart rate monitor on and it was just like this, you'd be dead. And basically... You don't want your heart rate monitor to flatline, do you? Yeah, right. No. And the idea is that in life we are going to have ups and downs, and it's how you deal with those things. And and I think society sometimes makes us feel like we're supposed to be euphoric all the time. I don't want to be euphoric all the time. In the same way, I don't want to sit in the sun all the time. I like feeling a bit of rain or a bit of cold on my face. I'm not talking about serious depression and black dog and people who are really, really, really down and have you know serious mental. Just health don't play issues. golf in the rain. Like we did the other yeah, that, that did make me feel down. Yeah. But, I, but but I think, you know, that feeling some days where you're just not feeling tip top, uh, that's okay. And and actually, yeah, it's, like it's, it's, good, it's good to just know how to deal with that and get yourself back up. And um, hopefully those kinds of conversations make will normalise. And, and also, um, don't be scared to speak. Don't, I'm quite open. Yeah, probably too open. But um, don't be scared to speak to somebody. Have somebody you can speak to and talk about how you feel. Um, because talking's really good too. You know, I used to talk to myself. And like when I was younger, especially when I was struggling at school, I would talk to myself. My mum and my mum said, Who are you talking to? I went, um, um, myself. She went, All right, and walked off. Rather than going, Weirdo. You know, but sometimes it's good to talk to yourself. And um, especially when you're out for a walk and just r run things through your head rather than run it through your head, speak it through your head. Speaking out loud. Yeah. Manian94 says, if someone is shy about going to the gym at 55 years old, what is your advice? Well, I would say, first of all, that I think we're all guilty of thinking that people are talking about us more or looking at us more than they are. So first of all, going into a space where you think perhaps people are judging you, they're probably not. So that's probably the first thing. that. I, but that's easier said than done, I yeah. guess. I would personally, I'd do an, half an hour and I walk every day lose some of the weight that you feel that is the embarrassing part and then you'll have more self-esteem because you've got out in the fresh air you've walked you've moved and then you go i'm going to go to the gym now feel confident okay so this person say this person's done that and they're at that stage where they think i've lost a bit of weight now i'm going to get in the gym they're still feeling a bit nervous no i think getting back to you said nobody's looking at you but also can i be brave this sounds and, a bit and this shallow. is about you uh, one thing i'd say it's about you not them it's about you doing something for yourself they're not looking at you going, I'm glad they did that for me. And there'll always be somebody in there who who is probably feeling the same as you, if not worse as well. You won't be yeah. the person in there that's having the most anxiety about it. But this might sound shallow as well. Get yourself some new leggings or a new gym top or something that makes you feel great. Don't wear 
the oldest kit you've got to try and morph into the background. Be, be you know, confident about, I think if you put the outfit on that you uh, feel good in, whatever it is in life, it adds a little and, bit and of... don't go straight in onto the bench press and put 100 on <laughs> and try and bang them out because that, that is embarrassing. That, w- that won't help, that, that won't help. And, and maybe get somebody to show you around the gym as well in your normal clothes, not your gym clothes to start off with because that way you'll be confident about what the machinery yeah. does because gyms can look quite daunting if you don't know what all the machinery does and what you need. Don't just go into a kind of pay-as-you-go gym and think you know how. And then you get those real gym nerds who decide to hog a whole area and they yeah, make and you feel like you can't go in. Given the old muscle man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mannion, let us know how it goes. Right, one final question, which is on dyslexia, and it is at Doherty2918, wondering what advice you would give to a 10-year-old boy who has dyslexia? I think, I'm trying to think what I felt like at 10. I, I felt vulnerable at 10, so I felt quite scared. Um, and I think what can help the child is the people around them who make them f- tell them that they're really special and you're great at this. Celebrate everything they're great at and what they're not good at. Just say, don't worry about it, it'll come. You know, so be positive around them. I think what happened to me was I kept it. I didn't tell anybody I was struggling. And in those days, nobody, they didn't come to you. So your kid's struggling. They waited two or 16 years. Oh, he's not, he's struggling, you know, too late. So I would be really positive around them. So I think it's the people around them that make the, make the impact. Um, and don't overload them. Let him, give him one or two things to do and make sure he does it well. Um, I know this is saying, give it the 10-year-old advice, but I think you've got to give the parents advice because parents get frustrated because he can't do something simple. Well, it's, 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 it's not simple for him because if he could do it, he would do it. So be patient with them. And almost say that this is how you do it and make a bit of a, make him laugh about it so it's normal. And also let him see that other people like him who have been successful, who have struggled at school and let him understand it's fine to be like that. It's not, it's not a bad thing. And the beauty now, what I would say to these young, younger children and parents is because you can't just say to a 10 year old, this is what you've got to do. It comes from the parents and I didn't have that. And I think, um, because I say they were older, so I think you've really got to be patient with them um, and let them be honest with you and let them tell how he feels when he's frustrated and when he feels angry and why you're feeling angry. And then you'll get to know him a bit better and understand how he feels and that will make his life easier and your life easier as a parent. I think I'd also tell a 10-year-old, because at 10 they can understand this, that there are so many people in the world who've gone on to do amazing <clears throat> things with dyslexia yeah. n- not always in spite of sometimes because of their in- dyslexia because of what it does to their brain and how they see the world and how they think and how they they're completely different critical thinkers and and that is an attribute to the planet to have people who think in a different way yeah, and totally actually it'd be way. very boring and we'd be a very different race if we you would never be in the same same race with a born bloke <laughs> you're lucky you got me um, is that it for the day? Is it? Um, so that's that's the questions. Well, there were some more, but we've kind of you know we wanted to keep you focused. Uh, we know what Not you easy. like. We know what you like. So so you kind of jumped into a little bit there um, with some of those answers. A little bit more of this empty nest that is coming, and how how you kind of are dealing with that. I feel like you're you're 
subliminally doing stuff rather than proactively. I feel like I'm proactively. What are you doing? I'm getting back into golf. I'm I've having golf lessons. So I'm playing with you, yeah. So yeah, but you've always played golf. So, yeah, so so I'm I'm proactively kind of nurturing proactive. hobbies and things that I want to do. <clears throat> and what James said actually was interesting about that. He said that they are um goal driven things. They're not just nebulous, you know, it's things that you You're can fifty improve. this year. I think you'll be pretty busy next year. <laughs> got 15 holidays on the bounce I've always wanted to be Judith Chalmers that's one for the older listeners well I'm very excited I think we should it. do I think we should definitely come on maybe in a year's time so when maybe six months when they've they've actually gone yeah like you know what I mean because Lois will actually be just I'm going out and I'm going to see my friend for two days and I'll come back you know but that's what happened so I think it would be quite interesting because at the moment we're sort of going yeah he's off yeah I mean one thing we will notice the fridge oh my gosh Food might go off. Oh my gosh! It will be like it's like a dump truck. It will be. What we're going to do with the? We're going to have to invest the money we're not spending on food. We should do that <laughs> into something so that we can realise the financial benefits of of Reuben leaving home. Um, I think I'm going to end up taking food parcels to Northampton. He's never going to have enough food. He, no, he, I don't think you... he has a clue how much food he actually eats. He definitely eats. hasn't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kenny, it's been lovely having you on the mm, midpoint. It's been great, guys. Uh, as always, um, you usually set yourself a goal to come back. Last time you wanted 10 DMs or 12 DMs. So I'm going to get two goals. I've got 50 DMs. Mm -hmm. and so that means 50 people have got to say to you, thank you for being on the midpoint. Yeah. We'd love to have you back. And He's, he's so I'm needy. Good. <laughs> I'll... I need, te I need to get to 10,000 followers and I'm on 9,000 something. Okay. So once I hit 10,050 DMs, I'll come back on. So that should take me to like December. I don't, don't think so. No, December. I, don't, I reckon you'll be back on by late June sometime. Maybe Aren't post A-levels we can discuss how it went. Um, and if you are dealing with children doing GCSEs or A-levels okay. at the moment, I <laughs> uh, hope it's going well. Good luck. My tip is lots of lovely nourishing food and I just keep going in and giving Lois a big, big hug stuff. I say Lois because I don't ever catch Reuben revising <laughs> no you've got to be a, a private investigator to do that <laughs> she's revising all the time and I just go in and give her a hug and kiss her forehead and think to myself thank God I don't have to sit another public exam uh, and on that bombshell you just walk out yeah well, there's two different ways to handle it uh, Kenny thank you thank you Gavin love it's you been lots lovely. love you too up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.